Hello, and welcome to another episode of Boundless Body Radio. I'm your host, Casey Ruff, and today we have another amazing guest to introduce to you now. Vic Basmagian is an advocate of low-carbohydrate and ketogenic diets after recovering his own poor health. At 55, he was obese, weighing in at almost 300 pounds, and had high blood pressure and sleep apnea. Over the past few decades, Vic had repeatedly attempted to lose weight through calorie restriction, and although he would lose significant amounts of weight, he had never been able to sustain the weight loss. It finally occurred to him that cutting out refined carbs, such as rice, potato, and pasta, seemed to help with his weight loss efforts. Soon after, his son asked Vic if he knew anything about the ketogenic diet, which led Vic to start doing his own research on the internet. Vic used the ketogenic diet to sustainably lose 100 pounds while improving his health and quality of life, and now has turned much of his attention to helping others. Vic recently spoke with the Society for Metabolic Health Practitioners about his life-changing transformation and plans to earn the Metabolic Health Practitioner Accreditation. You can find him on Twitter at KetoCoachVic. Vic, that magic... Bad- that's magic, and I almost got it right. <laughs> what an absolute honor it is to welcome you to Boundless Body Radio. Thank you. Honors all mine. Thank you, Casey. I appreciate uh, you having me on and uh, humble to be here and uh, appreciate the invite. It's such an honor to have you. You're somebody I followed for a long time, apparently not, not long enough to nail your last name. So I appreciate you helping me off air to be able to um, get it right. And I still wasn't able to, but uh, you're somebody that I really respect in this world. Um, I, there's a lot of information about low carbohydrate and ketogenic diets. And I, I just, I really love you know, talking to people like you who have actually gone through the process, gone through the journey and and getting so fired up about that message that all they want to do is share that message around. You were recently hosted on a podcast that we featured on our weekly, or I'm sorry, our monthly newsletter. Um, you were on the Low Carb MD podcast with another one of our former podcasts, Chris Cornell, or one of our podcast guest, Chris Cornell. You guys just did such an amazing job talking about everything that you've gone through. And again, I can just see how much passion that you have for sharing this message with others. And so it, it, it is just such an honor to have you here. Thanks. Uh, thanks so much. Yeah, it, it definitely becomes a passion. It's, it, it's a, it's an auto, how can, how can it not turn into a passion? Something that basically turned your life around, uh, got your health back and, uh, you just see the quality of life that you, you've been able to 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 obtain by going down this path, and so the passion is there to share it. Uh, I was lucky enough to to come across this this community, uh, the low carb community, and uh, you know had many people take me under their wings and teach me and be supportive. So now uh, I've gone to a, I mean five years into this. I'm starting year six in January. Uh, I think it's, well, it's time. I've been already engaged in, in giving back for quite some time now, but it's, uh, it's basically, I feel it's my calling. It's, uh, it's something that I feel compelled to do. Uh, I've mentioned this before with all the information that we have today in this, um, in this lifestyle, which wasn't available 20, 30 years ago, as I mentioned, uh, I believe in, on the last, on another podcast, um, there's so much information out there today that uh, people just got to know where to find it. And if it's not spoken about, and if it's not preached about, if it's not put out there, they're obviously they don't know where to look for it. Yeah. Uh, they're certainly, unfortunately not going to find it in their doctor's office in most cases, right. unless it's the doctors that have so graciously in our community have put everything on the line. And these are the giants in our community, the doctors that have, gone the route of going 
in their practice and concentrating on this. Uh, these are the types of doctors that they will get it through, but then the vast majority who are still in mainstream medicine, they're certainly not going to hear it there. They're, they're actually going to, um, they're, they're not going to, they're not going to support it. And they're going to, they're going to tell them it's dangerous and it's this and it's that. So, uh, you know what, between the docs that are out there who have, who are doing an amazing job, I think for, as I like to call myself, the lame people need to support them by, by, by speaking up about our successes so that they have something to, to, you know, say, well, here, there's so, you know, this many people having success. So the pushback becomes a little bit easier on them for all the efforts that they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the one thing that all of us have in common. And that's what's driving some of these doctors to go find this information. It's the same thing that you learned. It's the same thing that I learned being a personal trainer for over a decade. This standard advice is not working. People are not getting better. They're not getting healthy. They're not losing fat. They're not sustaining weight loss, like we mentioned in your introduction. And you have to get to this certain level of like failing and failing and failing over and over and over to finally drive you to find something different. And then you're right. Like it's, it, it's almost like more than a passion. It's like an obsession. It's like five or six years ago was the last time I listened to music in my car. Like it's always like a new book, more podcasts, learning more, learning different angles, getting better at presenting it to people and sharing that message. And, and everybody has a role and you as a citizen scientist absolutely have a role in that with sharing your message and getting that out there to really help people. So again, I just have so much respect for you and the journey you've been through. I, I personally have not been through a journey of a lot of weight loss. Um, I was never obese. And so I really want to understand what it was like. How, how did you experience that weight loss? Was it something that started at a very young age? Was it something you experienced later on? What was it like to deal with extra weight for, for a, a period of your life? Uh, it's, uh, unfortunately it wasn't a period. It's just about the vast majority of my life. Uh, I've been battling, I, I've been battling obesity since eight years old, 10 years old. I was for all intensive purposes, uh, you know, they call you chubby back then, but the reality is I was obese at the age of eight, nine. Okay. And so, uh, Elementary school, being fat shamed by the other children, you know, children could be very, uh, uh, very mean. Uh, so gone through the whole fat shaming when I was a child on to throughout elementary school into high school, uh, you know, again, uh, you know, uh, oddly enough, so many years back, the obesity uh, uh, level was not we did not see as many obese people as we see today back then. Okay. So you were actually, if you were obese back then, um, not that there wasn't anybody, let's say overweight, but to, to say clinically obese, there wasn't that many. There was one, two, three kids. The rest were all pretty, pretty fit. Okay. So, and I mean, we come at what I'm going to get to is because I guess at that point, the, the low fat crap craze hadn't started. So this is somehow explains why there wasn't so many, but that's, we'll talk about that a bit later. So, um, so went throughout high school overweight. Uh, I was probably averaging anywhere from 240 to, to 250 pounds while I was in high school. So as a, as a, as a teenager, um, and 
no attempts of weight loss, no, no clue of what to do up until right after high school, I would say. Uh, right after high school is when, so about 16, 17 years old was about the first time that I said, okay, try to lose weight. You're getting on, you know, teenager and you're fed up of being laughed at. You're fed up of being, uh, you know, uh, ridiculed. And so try to go on a diet. So I did go on a diet and like all diets, like I've always said, all diets do work, all diets. You will lose weight no matter what diet you do. The question becomes how sustainable is it? And none of them were sustainable. As my first attempt, I went down from five, was at 250, 260. I went as low as the 220s. Uh, was I okay at 220? Probably not. I could have gone down lower, but got down to 220, was still lost, you know, 30, 40 pounds. I don't remember exactly. It's a long time ago. Uh, I do remember though very well, it did come back very quickly. Okay. Because it's a diet. It has a start date and it has an end date. And once a diet has a start date and an end date, you know, that that end date is going to come and it's all going to surely it's going to come back. Uh, not sustainable because you don't change your eating habits. You're just restricting, uh, calorie counting, uh, you know, Oddly enough, they always say that keto and or low carb is restrictive. Having done so many diets, so many different things, it's all the other diets that were restrictive as yeah, far as I'm right. concerned. It's not keto or low carb. And uh, so starting at the age of 16, multiple times of yo-yo dieting, okay, uh, uh, all the way until the age of 55, okay? is when I started my low carb diet, low carb attempt of when I came across low carb. So probably from 16 to 55, I've, I yo-yo dieted hundreds of pounds, wow. up 50, down 50, up 40, down 40, whichever way you want to look at it. And uh, it was never sustainable. I was always hangry. I was not in a, in a good mood. I felt deprived. Uh, it was just not sustainable. Um, low carb on the other hand is where I find that, I mean, there's many components that come to, to low carb of its success, but the key is that you're satiated. Okay. And this is why, uh, I find at least in my case, what works for me is I'm not constantly scrambling, looking for food. I'm satiated. I'm my, 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 my appetite is under control. And, uh, this is one of the biggest factors uh, that, uh, uh, it's, it's sustainable. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, Gary Tobbs writes about the ketogenic diet being kind of, um, it's really like the holy grail of diets because it, it accomplishes both things. It, it keeps you satiated, like you said, but it also works in a way that you can burn fat quite well. And and again, that's what's missing from most of the diets. And one of the arguments he makes that I absolutely love is imagine that I'm 
I'm hosting a spread for you of the best dinner you'll ever come to. It's going to be a banquet. It's going to be amazing. You can eat as much as you like. Come hungry. Be really, really, really hungry for this dinner because this is going to be amazing food. It's all on me. What would you think to do? And the answer that most people come up with is like, okay, well, I would probably not eat as much that day, try to skip some meals. Maybe I might go out and have a really hard workout. Maybe I'll run around my neighborhood or something to burn off a lot of calories. Guess why you're going to do that. That's going to make you very hungry. Well, that's every diet plan and workout plan out there. That's exactly what makes you hungry. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, once, w- once we understand that what's, what's, what's driving our appetite, why are we hungry and what's the reason for it? And then once we get control of that, that's when we got, you know, that's when you can start making it a sustainable lifestyle. Uh, I'll back up just a little bit. Maybe I went, I went forward of, of as far as the weight was concerned, but just to put into perspective, at the age of 25, I was put on hypertension medication. Okay, so I have been on up until the point of going into a low carb ketogenic lifestyle for 30 years. I was on on hypertension medication. So uh, for the last five years, at age 50. I was diagnosed with sleep apnea, and so I was on CPAP therapy. Uh, Terrible episodes of GERD, acid reflux, uh, medication for that. So metabolically, I was really not in a good place. And the point I'm trying to make is all the other times that I did lose weight, okay, I never lost 100 pounds, but... I have lost up to 60, 70 pounds via other methods for a short period of time. My metabolic health did not improve with those methods. Okay, so um, let's not confuse weight and metabolic health. It doesn't necessarily go hand in hand, right? As, As we say, there's plenty of people who are at perfect weights who are not metabolically healthy. Yeah. So, um, it's low carb and keto that uh, it was amazing actually how fast uh, now it's not the same for everybody. I, you know, we, we, we got to point that out. The, 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 the pace is not the same. Some people could be a month or two, some other for the hypertension to, to, to go down. Some people, it might be several months. Some people may, it may not adjust. We don't know sometimes, but in the majority of the cases, there is, uh, huge improvement all the way to like my case, completely being able to get off the medication. Yeah. And uh, in my case, it was quite rapid. It was, it didn't take long. Nice. So uh, these are things you see that you, it's undeniable that it's, you're not only losing weight, you're getting back into you're, you're, you're buying back your, your metabolic health. This is what it is. That's amazing. I love that point. I think oftentimes we would all assume that just because you're losing weight, that is also going to mean that your blood pressure is getting better or your sleep apnea is going away. And, and you're right that those two things are not necessarily correlated. So I love that you talked about both of those, um, with the medications that you were taking, were you experiencing any side effects from them? Uh, while I, I mean, before starting a low carbon ketogenic yep. diet, yep. Uh, was I feeling any side effects? I mean, uh, not that I can describe. Not that I knew. There was probably internal side effects that were probably going on, sure. which is not yeah. you know uh, uh, you don't know exactly what's going on. So side effects. I mean, the the side effects that I was having 
prior going to um that wasn't a side effect actually that was the causation i mean of having sleep apnea i was constantly exhausted right i was tired at all times i just couldn't get through the day and uh this is what made me go and somebody suggested that you may very well have sleep apnea get tested so but that's not really per se a side effect that was what built up to having to go on cpap therapy actually cpap therapy uh i must say uh i would get a decent sleep while uh having been on the therapy but again it it, it wasn't attacking the root cause it was just supporting and help you to sleep better just like it's medication, but it's a machine, right? So all it's doing is is providing you a better airflow, but it's not fixing the cause. It's not, you're not gonna get off, you're not gonna get a you're not gonna get off CPAP therapy because you're using a CPAP machine. You're gonna keep using it. And it's just like medication. By using medication, you're not curing the situation. It's just keeping you out of immediate danger, uh, depending on what the case is. So, yes, some people need to be on medication. Uh, we need to be careful how how we talk against medication, but at least we needs to be there as we transition to come off it, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, again, that's a really good point. I love that. Take us back to the person that you were in the past, having lost the weight and regained it and lost the weight and regained it. Tell us a little bit about the mentality that you were experiencing, feeling like you were, you know, sometimes succeeding, but always in the long term failing, 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 failing over and over again. That has to affect your self-esteem and what you think of yourself. Take us back to that kind of mentality. And what was that like? It was almost as if you're convinced that it's a life sentence. Uh, you don't think you're ever going to escape it. And you know very well that, I'll give you the perfect example. At any given time, my wardrobe, I would have about six, seven different sizes ranging all the way in my wardrobe. Knowing very well, not having the courage to throw out the larger size clothing, because deep down inside, I knew that chances are very good that I'm going to end up needing that one. I'm going to, I'm going to get myself into trouble. I'm going to gain the weight and I'm going to need to, I'm going to need those clothes again. So it's something that, uh, it, it, it becomes who you are. You lose faith in of ever being able to succeed of saying that this is what my life is going to be like. I'm going to be yo-yo dieting. So when I put on the brakes, I'm going to lose weight. And then when I let go, it's going to come back on. And it kind of becomes, it's like sometimes when I speak to people now on the other side of the fence and I try to convince them and I give them hope, try to give them hope, I, I see the same, I see who I was. They've basically given up, okay? They say, like, I've tried everything. This is what it is. Why should I even bother? It's not going to work. So you kind of lose hope. and. So that's the mindset you get in. And I must say for, it's it's so deeply ingrained that for the first couple of years, uh, more than a couple of years, you know what? It's only about two years ago that I got the courage to walk into a, um, a fitting room with only one size of pants to try on, wow. okay? Because in my mind, I just couldn't envision Knowing that that's the size I'm at now, but I would keep looking at that pants and say, there's no way I'm fitting into this pants. There's no way I'm getting into this. So I take another size with me. But sure enough, the one that was going to 
that I knew was going to fit does fit, but it becomes, you know, the, the scars run deep. It, it's tough to get out of it. It's you, you give up hope. And so when you come across this lifestyle and you finally find what I ca- call the golden key to get out of it um, and sustain it and, and, and you're feeling so good, both health wise and whatever, you know, uh, energy wise, everything on all spectrums, um, mentally, uh, uh, your energy, you name it, it. It's, it's so vastly improved that how could you not be yelling at the top of your lungs and trying to get the message that there is hope, you know, just stop, uh, stop following that dogmatic old, uh, old advice of eat less and move more and which, that's the only, and it's still going on. This, it's the same advice I heard for 40 years. And sadly, it's still the advice that's been being given. And um, so we're trying the best to, 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 to yell out, out loud and get the message out there. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that. For as many people as I've sat in front of for like an initial consultation who had those same feelings, like I've done the diet, I've done the workout program, you know, maybe they're motivated now to do it again, but they already know that they failed so many other times. I just think it's so powerful, your message of, you know, providing hope, restoring hope with people who feel like, you know, like Jason Fung always talks about, it's like blaming the victim. I I, I think it's just absolutely wonderful. So let's go back to the story of you finding a low carbohydrate diet Tell us how you found it, how you implemented it, and what were your expectations of a low-carbohydrate diet in the beginning? Uh, truth be told, I knew nothing. It's, it's, I knew nothing about it. I knew absolutely nothing about it. And, uh, but at a certain time frame, a lot of people had started not necessarily using the word low-carb or, or, or keto as, as frequently, but... I'd come across a lot of people saying, well, you know what, give up your, like, just give up your bread, your rice, your potatoes and pasta, like the most notorious carbs that most people consider, uh, even though there is the worst ones, but those are the ones that people generally, uh, you know, talk about. And they say, you know what, you just cut that out and you're going to see a difference, right? So that's what I did. I I basically started off by... uh, I was a huge bread eater, huge pasta, you know, rice, pasta, uh, copious amounts. I, 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 I'm kind of even embarrassed to tell you what I was able to, the amounts that I was able to eat of, of, of that stuff. So um, I cut it out and surely started seeing the progress and started losing weight. Wasn't, you know, I guess in about a two month period, I had lost anywhere from 10 to 15 pounds just by cutting out, you know, those, those four things. And then it occurred to my son that he thought it was, it was that, are you doing the ketogenic diet? And I, I said, what is that? <laughs> I don't know what, what the ketogenic diet is. And he goes, well, he goes, he says, I, I don't know too much about it. He goes, I know a little bit about it, but it seems to me that you're halfway there. It's a little bit more complicated than what you're doing, but you know, look it up, check it out. You know, it's become very popular. So this is how I, uh, uh, I started looking into it. I started reading up on it. And, uh, uh, then I had the good fortune on social media. Uh, I came across Dr. Chokalajan and I came across his story. And so 
uh, it just kind of reconfirmed and re-cemented my thought of saying that this thing works. Here you have a 350 doctor who was used to be 350 pounds, implemented this lifestyle, turned this practice into this. And so there's got to be, I mean, the results don't lie. He had posted pictures of, you know, what he's eating, the, you know, the, uh, you know, Dr. Tro is, uh, you know, he's a, well, like, like we all are now, you know, eggs and, and fish and, and, and meat and, and Greek yogurt. And, and I'm looking at the, you know, all this stuff and I'm saying, I can live on this. I can, I can do this. Why shouldn't I be able to do this? You know? And so, uh, I reached out to him on social media and, uh, he was very generous and, you know, from somebody who you don't, you don't know. And, uh, you know, we chatted a little bit and, uh, uh, you know, uh, He's a huge part of my success, and uh, I, I followed I followed a lot of his advice, be it social media, be it uh, joining his Facebook group. Um, uh, it's been years now that I'm also a member of his uh, weekly uh, group coaching sessions, which I attend every week. Uh, I think maybe in the past three years of existence. Uh, I've missed maybe two, three meetings. Uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful community, wonderful community. Uh, so yeah, uh, just by following his, his advice and his results and, you know, and his passion. And, uh, uh, this is how, uh, I, 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 uh, I got into it more and more and more. Wow. Don't both of you have Armenian roots as well? We do. Nice. Maybe that was a part of it. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it does have a little bit to do with it. I mean, we can even relate to some of the Armenian cuisine and what can be, uh, you know, ketofied and what can be, you know, we know it. Listen, it's uh, Armenians are, you know, I mean, everybody likes to eat, but the Armenians are, let me tell you, uh, you know, we're a culture that food is a very big part of our culture. And uh, so there's some, you know, some of the stuff that, needs to be eliminated actually a good part of our cuisine you know is is keto friendly but then there's other parts of it that are not and so you know you can ketofy it you can come up with with versions of you know omitting this and adding that and so uh, there's a little bit of a connection in that way too yeah that's for sure that's great oh i love that so as you were learning more and more about the ketogenic diet what things did you continually have to refine from what you were just doing before i mean you're right like cutting out pasta and bread for a lot of people you might get fantastic results just starting with that getting that out of the diet would be really helpful but what things were you learning over time that you can continually refine to get you even better results uh the biggest, the first example that comes into my mind, which again, um, and uh, and I'll say this clearly, I, I'm not one to say that I want to demonize fruits, but uh, fruits was one, for example. Okay, I found that um, I found that it, you know, more than anything, it would drive my appetite. At the end of the day, it's like we call it, it's it's nature's candy, right? So uh, it's something that. Again, if you wanna if you wanna control your 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 satiety level, fruits are not going to be your best friend, right? Thank you. So um, it's like when I tweeted the other day, actually, it's for people who who you know, like I come across so many people, you know, that 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 they eat bananas, and I 
and just for just for my own curiosity to see how many people are going to answer the same thing, I say, must you have that banana? And they say, well, you know, I, I can't cut it out. It's the it's the the potassium, right? It's good. It's it's high in potassium. I say, you know, it's most people who are eating bananas are not eating it for the for the sake of the potassium. They're they're eating it for the that for the sweet hit, right? They're, they're, they they want to light up their reward center with that sugar hit, right? And uh, there's plenty of other viable options that have even more potassium than than bananas. Okay, so don't don't tell me that don't tell me that's the reason you're having it, right? So you can have avocados, you can have zucchinis, and the list can go on and on, uh, which probably have double multiples of the potassium of a banana. But so uh, again. If you want to have a banana because you want to have a banana, have it. But don't tell me you're having it for the potassium. You know, uh, well, you can do whatever you want and to each his own. But I find in my case, it's it it drove the appetite. Um, stuff like uh, again legumes. Okay, uh, I found that uh, beans uh, again in in when again and you can have it while you're on a low carb end of it, but myself i find that if i have a little bit too much of it it causes me bloating i, I don't i don't I, I don't deal well with it so i i found that these are things that weren't making me feel well you 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 as you go along you see which foods are not agreeing with you and more and more and more you see that the ones the things that you're not agreeing with are all you know on on the carb spectrum uh, whether it even if it's even if it's a complex carb uh, I still now I do have complex carbs at times. I'll have small amounts of it when I feel like it on occasion, but I'm very careful of how much of it I have because my body will probably not react very well with it. Yeah. And uh, I don't want to, I don't want to wake up the sleeping demons at the same time. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, I put them to sleep and I don't want to wake them up. That's a really good point that I don't think a lot of people understand is is the whole moderation thing. And it's like, yes, if you can moderate those things, then are, are they okay in small amounts? Maybe, maybe they are for you. But that's that's the whole problem is most people that I know, including myself, can't moderate. And And that was the trouble that I was having when I was including fruit in my morning walks last summer. I, you know, if a, if a peach tree had some peaches on it, I would have one and eat it and it would be really tasty, really good. It would only be available for a week or two. If you kept it for more than a day, even just on the counter, which we keep really cool, it would go bad, like within hours. It's crazy, totally different than fruit that you get from the store. But my whole problem was it, it made me very, very hungry. And so this year when I saw those things growing, it's like, you know, I, I don't think this is a problem, but I also don't want to be hungry in 20 or 30 minutes for something else. I know I'm going to go off my diet because I'm going to be starving. And it for me, that just wasn't worth it. Yeah. Uh, another example I can give you, and again, it's something that totally keto friendly, no problem. Nuts. Okay. I mean, you can have, again, like you just mentioned, if you have the power of moderating, if if you can show me how many people can have seven or eight almonds and stop, uh, there are some out there, but I'm not one of them, right? Uh, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep going at it, and I'm gonna keep having it. And so, what is my? Am I saying I never have nuts? I'd be lying to you. I do, but I make sure I don't have them at my disposal at all times. Yep. If I have that three pound bag from Costco in my in my pantry, I'm looking for big trouble because I'm going to be going back and forth, back and forth, and I'm going to be eating just way too much of it. Yep. 
So I'll just, I'll, 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 we go to my, I, I found my solution. We go to my mom's for supper every Friday night and she has almonds there. Right. And so I'll have a handful of almonds when I'm there and she'll say, let me give you some, take it home. I go, no, 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 no. Keep it here. When I'm here next Friday, I'll have my other handful. <laughs> Good strategy. I like that. Cause I don't have control. I, I don't know how to, I don't know how to moderate it. I mean, uh, I, it's not that I don't know. It's like, uh, it's just the way I'm built. And it's like, I know, and most people, once you start on nuts, you're going to keep going and going and going and going. And so it's going to, especially when it's salty, it's, it's, it's hyper palatable. It's going to open up the appetite. And then you're going to jump from that to possibly, you know, other things. And you're going to go from there to sweet. And then from sweet, like, although the old ghosts start showing up. Yep, totally. You mentioned Dr. Tro earlier, and what a what a great example that he shared with us. He was doing the same with nuts. He would keep them in the kitchen in one of his drawers, and he would just like mindlessly go there and just throw down more nuts and seeds and nuts and seeds. And so I remember the story that he took those nuts and put them in a different place that was harder for him to access. But it it took him like literally weeks to not go back to that same drawer. It was such an ingrained habit, and the only way he could break it is to get rid of this stuff, put it up somewhere high. But he would still go to that same drawer looking for the nuts without realizing he'd already taken them out. I think, I think that's a huge problem with some of this stuff as well Is like, you, you, not only can you not moderate, but you're not even conscious of the times that you're, you know, reaching for the candy at the secretary's desk or going into the break room or having another handful of almonds. You're right. Nobody can have eight almonds. Nobody that I know anyway, I certainly can't. So yeah, I think that's a really good point. So it's basically, uh, it's for every, I, I don't want, you know, it's not a one size fits all. Okay. So some people do can, can, can tolerate a certain, certain food and they can say, I can have just one of this and move on. And other people can't. It's, if, if you're somebody that comes from a, from a heavier or overweight or obese life, chances are you're not a moderator. Okay. Um, uh, I, I have, you know, every time if I'm going to get into again with these, you know, on Twitter, we're there and we try to do the best we can to help people. But then we end up taking arrows all the time and people saying, well, why don't you just moderate and this and that. And I'm willing to bet my bottom dollar, the one who's who's fighting with you, nail and tooth, that moderation is the way to go, is is the type of person that throughout their whole life was able to get full on two slices of pizza and they say, I'm done. I'm full. I can't eat anymore. Right. So they can't relate to somebody like Vic. When Vic used to eat pizza, he ate two slices while the other two largest were in the oven. He's just waiting for the, you know, so they can't relate to that to them. They've always been uh, throughout their life. Haven't been big eaters. Their, 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 their basal metabolic rate is, you know, whatever it was at, and they're just satisfied with small amounts of food. And they've always been like that. They've never dealt with overeating. They've never dealt with overconsumption. So they just can't relate to it. So they say, oh, why just can't you just eat everything in moderation? Well, 
you know what, walk a couple of years in my my path of where I was at in my life and you'll find out why moderation doesn't work. Yeah, I think I'm jealous. More than anything, I think I'm jealous of those people. For me, it wasn't the weight gain, but it's anxiety. If I have sugar, I have very high anxiety. I have to be completely, I have to cut out sugar completely out of my diet. I can't have any. Yesterday was Thanksgiving and I had to pass on the pie. And and it sucks, but I know what's going to happen. I know that I'm going to have a 36-hour period after consuming sugar where my anxiety will be through the roof, and it's just, for me, absolutely not worth it. I have to abstain completely. And so, yeah, I, I get a little bit jealous of the moderators, but but you're right. Like, I, I don't think they are able to relate to most of us who, you know, that, that hunger cycle starts back up again. It can be really, um, it, it can be very detrimental to, to people who, who can't, you can't do that. They just can't do that. And I'm, I'm one of those as far as that goes. So, as we continue with your journey of weight loss, I'm assuming that as you were dialing things in on the ketogenic diet, I'm assuming that your fat loss got better and better. But as we said before, the weight loss and fat loss is one thing, but so is the metabolic health. That's another thing. So what were you noticing with some of the conditions that you were dealing with chronically? Were you, were you already noticing in the very beginning that some of those things were starting to resolve on their own? Well, when it comes, when it, pertaining to... Uh, the hypertension mainly, uh, it was probably about two months into my journey. And at that point, I, well, no, maybe more, you know, maybe more like three, four months in, um, lost 30, 30 pounds, 35 pounds. I, I, I don't know exactly, but I mean, I was nowhere near the hundred pound loss. Okay. And I, I, I vividly remember I was sitting in my backyard and just relaxing in the summer. And I started getting very lightheaded, very, very lightheaded. And uh, I've had blood pressure long enough to know when either, you know, I mean, I never saw the downside of it, but I would, I would always know the feel of it. It's getting higher, but I didn't know what it felt like when it got lower. But so I said, let me just check my blood pressure because I don't feel well, right? So to put it into perspective, I was somebody that, even on medication, I was always at borderline hypertensive. I was at 140 over 90 was as good as it got, even with medication. Okay. So um, when I felt lightheaded and I, I, I got up my, my blood pressure cuff and I, I put it on and sure enough, uh, I was like 90 over 60. Wow. Uh, so. Obviously, because I was taking the medic, it was a combination of still being on full medication and being on this low carb ketogenic lifestyle. So I called up my doctor the day, the day after, and I told him, this is the situation, this is what's going on and blah, blah, blah. So I said, okay, throw out all your, your medication and I'm going to re-prescribe you half the dosage. Okay. So he re-prescribed me half the dosage and I started off with that and with half the dosage, mind you. So I, I, I still got, I didn't go back to that 140 over 90. I was in the one thirties over the 85s around there and, you know, around or 80 and, uh, progressively just, he kept weaning me off until, uh, because the same thing happened again. I started getting lightheaded and, same episode happened and he said, okay, let's completely stop it. And the rest is history. I've been uh, off hypertensive medication for four years now. 
uh, I still, I had it for so long that I, I still get nervous at times. So say, you know, what is, can this be true? Is it true? Is this, I, I don't, you know, so I do once a month, still throw on the cuff to make sure, even though I feel great, I throw on the cuff once a month to make sure that everything's in place. So, and so that, and then the CPAP, I went for another sleep study. Uh, I just noticed I was sleeping so much better. And uh, uh, my wife told me that, you know, I, you know, your, your spouse sees that you're not, you know, moving around as much or you're not, if the mask comes off, if you're not moving, you're not snoring, what happens? So I said, you know what, all this weight came off. Let's do another sleep study. And uh, sure enough, the, no need for the CPAP machine either. That's so, amazing. Wow. Well, I think everybody knows that on a ketogenic diet, you have an increase of energy. You're, you're using, you know, you're breaking down fat and you've got an extra energy source in the form of ketones. So the energy goes up, but I'm just curious, what was the combination like of having more energy from ketones, but also getting better sleep, getting really complete sleep? Were you just feeling amazing at that point? Oh, it's, uh, it's life-changing. It's totally life-changing. It's, uh, I used to think that I, you know, I, I, I used to think that I was getting a good sleep, not knowing that, you know, I was getting a terrible sleep. And so you don't know it until you experience it. When you say you're waking up in the morning and you're just like ready to go. You're like, you're not sluggish. You're not just like saying, oh, I need to start my day. It's like, and I, I, for all intents and purposes, but I wake up without an alarm clock at like, 4 30 5 o'clock in the morning you know uh boom no matter what time i sleep i'm gauged at that and i i wake up and i i got the energy and you just something that you never felt before it's it, it's totally life-changing it's uh where you used to be somebody that by by noon you couldn't finish your day anymore you had to get off the road and come home and sleep to somebody who's just like you know you have full of energy you come home you're not passing out on the couch uh, you're, you're going out, you're going for a walk, you're, you're more active. It's, it's totally life-changing. Yeah. That's amazing. Going to the gym now, the gym, you know, uh, gym has become a huge part of my life. Um, uh, the energy to go to the gym that, that, and that energizes us even more. And I feel so good when I walk out of there and I'm just ready to tackle the world. It's, uh, it's, it's great. That's it's great. great. Wow. That's amazing. Okay. So perfect segue. I was actually going to ask you about that. So you did this in the way that I believe most people would be best served through doing this. I know there's a lot of different levers that you can pull in health and fitness. And when you start getting wins in one category, it might be easier to get wins in other categories like exercise and sleep and all those other things. I believe from the, you know, the time that I've been doing this, the best lever to pull in the beginning is nutrition, get carbohydrates out, make sure you're eating adequate protein, get some healthy fat in the body. I think that's the best one to start getting wins in other categories. So talking specifically about exercise, when did you start to feel like you even wanted to exercise? Uh, it's a, it, listen, it's, it's a great topic. And like you said, it's, uh, again, it's not the same for, for, for everybody. Um, one thing I learned, and I learned this from Dr. Cho as well, and I, cause he said it so many times, you know, it's like somebody for all intents and purposes, when you're at 300 pounds and you're making change into, you know, dietary change and you're trying to improve yourself, chances are that you're going to, if you're going to do any type of aggressive exercise, you're going to probably end up hurting yourself. Right. 
So something that should be most probably uh, avoided without going into crazy amounts. Now, does this mean you should stay sedentary? Absolutely not. You know, go for a walk, have movement, do whatever you can do as far as movement is concerned. But yeah, going to the gym per se and doing the kind of workouts that I do now would have not been possible at, at the very beginning, that's for sure. And I'd probably be risking uh, injury. On the other side of that is like, I've always had a, a love-hate relationship with, with exercise. I, I can't tell you how many times I've, you know, in the past joined the gyms and burned gym memberships one a couple of times and never followed through. It's because I didn't really enjoy it. Now, did I not enjoy it because I was two factors. Uh, I was probably too heavy and I couldn't exercise properly. And I, I, I just felt that, you know, I didn't enjoy it. It was some, it was like a form of punishment and, or is it something that what I did, which this time that I've never done. And now I'm, I started this path of, I can say serious exercise has been eight months now. Okay. I started in 2020, 2022, and I got myself a trainer. So I think that made a, a quite a, quite a big difference of somebody guiding you and showing you and, and uh, knowing how to progressively uh, move forward without injuring yourself. Cause probably when you're doing it on your own, you're going to, again, even if you're not overweight, you're going to injure yourself because you're going to push the, the bar too far. So, um, yeah, it's up to, up to this year, up till 2022, I was doing no more than, you know, I I used to walk and then I took it up to a a faster pace walk. And then I used to do a little in the summer, weather permitting, I used to get on my bike. That was the extent of it. But this year is the first year that I really got into, uh, lifting and resistance training and, uh, pushed it to the next level. Yeah, that's great. Okay, so purely a selfish question. Since I'm a personal trainer, I always love to get the perspective from our clients. What what were some of your reservations for hiring a trainer? Uh, I don't know if I had a reservation. It's just something that hadn't. It's like, I can do this on my own. I can do this on my It's like the same, I, I guess I can have the same, I can ask the same question and say, why isn't somebody going for help on a, for, you know, for a nutrition coach, you know, cause everybody thinks that, you know, that, and a lot of people very well on both spectrums can do it by themselves, but then other people do need the help. Right. So, but I don't think I had anything against personal trainers. It's just that, I don't know. I, I always said, oh, I can just go to the gym on my own. And that was personally, that was my only reason, not because trying to avoid it or say it and maybe, you know, save a couple of bucks are not cheap. Or <laughs> Yeah, sure. No, that was going to be another question. Did, did you end up spending a, a, a fortune, a small fortune hiring a trainer, especially relative to what you got as far as results? Or did you find that hiring the trainer was more, I guess, like reasonable than, than you thought and taught you skills that, that you continue to use to this day? So, this you're going to find that I've never spoken about this because it's fairly new and I, I haven't spoken about it. And you're going to find intriguing how I came up, how I came, how this, this particular trainer, how I, 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 we got on, we connected. 
he was actually my son's trainer. And um, so my son was going to the gym and he came home and he said that my trainer wants to speak to you. And he said, he's seen you on social media. He knows what you do. He knows who you are. And he wants to speak to you about nutrition. So I said, okay, fine. And um, so I went with my son. We went to the gym and we met up. And uh, to give you just a quick perspective of, of this trainer, he's, he's, a, he's, 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 he's young. He's, he's in his late 20s, okay? A uh, trainer that was a very much in the bodybuilding world, okay? And um, at a certain point, uh, he let go. He let go and he went off the off track nutritionally. And uh, now you have a guy that for all intents and purposes was, it, was in the kind of shape that can be on the front page of the Ben Weider magazine, wow. went to being overweight. And so uh, his nutrition, his eating habits out of whack and what have you. And so contacted me through my son, went in and spoke and was, I need help with my diet and, uh, what can, you know, and, uh, I was kind of shocked because usually, you know, uh, people like yourself, you know, are not, there's not that many gym people, trainers that are into the low carb keto. There's more and more as we go along that we're seeing it a lot more, but it's not very common. Um, so believe it or not, we ended up making a deal of we're bartering nutrition coaching for exercise coaching. That's amazing. <laughs> wow. What a cool trainer. That's incredible to, to have the humility to reach out when you're already in the fitness field and the nutrition field, and you're supposed to know everything there is to know to be able to reach out to, to again, a citizen scientist to get advice. I think that's absolutely wonderful. That's a very cool relationship. And I'm so glad that both of you were able to help each other. How are his results? Is he seeing really good results? He's, 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 he, he's doing great. He's doing great. Uh, he's, he himself says, I, he goes, although I reached out to you I, deep down, I believed I couldn't do this. But he goes, it's, he's so happy of where he's at. He's, he's, he's feeling, he feels that his training is not suffering in any shape, way, or form. And this guy, let me tell you, he's a, he's a strong boy. He's a strong, uh, no disrespect when I call him boy, just that I'm 60 and he's 28. <laughs> no, no, no disrespect. I'm old enough to be his father. Uh, uh, strong boy. He's a beast. And, and his training, he feels, has not been affected in any shape, way, or form because it's not a carb-heavy uh, diet. That's so amazing. he's very happy. Uh, he has, he says, he's, he's not turning back, and uh, he's still got a couple of pounds that he wants to improve on. But he took off a good mass of it, and uh, he feels great. And uh, who knows, man. Maybe you can get him on the podcast one day too. We'll That's see. That's <laughs> fantastic. Vic's trainer, Vic's trainer, huge shout out. Congratulations for all the results. I was so glad that you were able to find this and that the two of you were able to work together. You know, Chris Cornell, which we already mentioned earlier, uh, he and I talked about this. He's also one that is not shy about reaching out for help when he needs it, help with running, help with lifting. He'll find the experts in those fields. And we talked about this in our episode. Like it is, it is time well spent. It is money well spent to find the people 
who can help you the proper way from the beginning so that you're not goofing things up, so that you're not getting hurt, so that you have better perspective from somebody that has not only maybe gone through the journey themselves, but has taken countless amounts of people through their own journeys and help those people get through successes and seen where people get tripped up. It's it's money well spent. And so, yeah, kudos to you for reaching out to him. I'm so glad that he reached out for you to for nutritional help. And all of us could do a much better job finding experts in those fields and paying them, hiring them to help with what you're seeking. You will get to your results faster. You'll build skill sets that will serve you and those around you for the rest of your life. Having said that, I'll, 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 I'll make it very clear, even though the deal that we had, which works out for both of us and for, you know, whether, you know, uh, I'm coaching him nutritionally and he's coaching me in the gym. Having said that, it's money definitely well spent, okay, for what, what the training that he's given me, the way that he motivates me the way that he switches up the program and he makes sure that I progressively advance and I'm not getting hurt. It's well worth spending the money. Uh, doesn't have to be, uh, um, there's no question in my mind that if, 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 if this didn't happen, what this combination just that just happened, which works out great, it still would have been well worth paying full pin and using his services. It's for sure. It's, uh, uh, it's well, well worth it. Interesting. Okay. One more question from a personal trainer to get the client's perspective. This is somebody who maybe you thought, I don't know, he, he comes up with exercises, he counts to 12, he creates your programs, but I don't think a lot of people realize how that relationship develops. Is he family to you now? Oh yeah. We're, we're family to each other. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, uh, we're, we're family to each other. It's, uh, you know, you're fully trusting a person with what, with what the way he's guiding you. You know that you're going to get the results and you know that he's out for your best interest and he wants to see you succeed. And uh, yeah, for sure. It's, uh, you know, uh, uh, I don't second guess. I don't second guess what he says. I, I respect what he, uh, what, what, what he's recommending. At times I get overexcited, right? And it's like, we're doing, let's say if we're doing, I'm doing a deadlift and I go, okay, let's go one notch heavier. And it was, whoa, cowboy, wait, not yet. Let's, let's improve the form. Let's, you know, let's work on the form and then we'll go heavier, you know, or stuff like that, you know? So, and I respect that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell him what level of weights I should be increasing when he knows and he has my best interest that I'm not going to get hurt. Or if, if he does say, okay, let's throw on some extra plates, I'm liable to get hurt. Right. So. Yeah. You got to trust his expertise as well, for sure. That's fantastic. That is really encouraging from the client perspective. We feel the same way as personal trainers. Like my clients are my family, for sure. We had people that supported us when we were unemployed during the pandemic that hired us for our expertise and 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 even people that we just started with a few weeks ago. Like they, these are my family. These are my people. These are the people that my wife and I talk about. We that we get excited when they have good results. And so that, I, I think a lot of people don't realize, you know, that working relationship between a client and a personal trainer can get very intimate and and absolutely are, are people that I would consider family for sure. That's amazing. Um, I do want to talk to you a little bit about this kind of coaching that you're doing now. Tell us about why you decided to be more open and public with your message and why you decided to start, you know, getting into coaching and helping people. Uh, 
like I always say, I, I, I find that I, I had the good fortune of, of falling into the right hands um, in, in this community, whether it's, like I said, mainly started off with Dr. Troll and, 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 and it just spread out from there, okay? Uh, Low Carb USA, Society of Metabolic Health Practitioners, uh, listening to so many different podcasts, lots of reading, like we were chatting before the show, as so I was saying, I, I don't know, I, I just don't watch television anymore. It's either I'm watching, I'm either listening to a podcast or I'm reading a book or I'm recording a podcast. Love it. So, uh, and uh, so it's a lot of time invested uh, and it's, but I don't do it out of that I'm forced into it. It's just, it's a passion. It's what I look for. And so I'm so passionate about it and I want to help people with it. And there's so many people that I tell, you know, like I probably give out more free advice than I do via charge and coaching. Okay. It's like, uh, and I don't mind it. That's okay. Uh, it's, that's what I, I've put myself out there, whether it's Twitter, I try to get back to as many direct messages as I can. Um, uh, some at times I don't get back to all of them, but in a timely fashion, but I, I do try to do my best to get back to them. And so if it, I tell people, if you just have one or two questions, or if you know what you're doing and you just want a fine tuning question, I'll be glad to answer it. But if you want me to guide you along the way and like, you know, you know nothing about it and you want to embark and you want to, you want me to follow you and, and guide you and, and, and teach you. And, and, you know, like I said, everybody can go on social media. Are they going to fall on the right? Are they going to fall on the right path? It's a chance you take, you know, right. it's like, so basically when you're coming to a coach, they're basically, you know, giving it to you where the right paths, the right, the right social media connections that you should be making the right podcast you should be listening to or, or which, uh, you know, even, even when it comes down to food recipes, there's some out there that, you know, they they call it keto recipe and it's everything but keto. So do they know if, if that's, you know, the right page to follow on YouTube or, and then, you know, it's not a one size fits all man, woman, you know, uh, male, female, uh, age, uh, when it comes, you know, uh, uh, metabolic health, what are the issues? It's, it's, it's not a one size fits all. This is what people don't understand. You, you can't take somebody else's ketogenic style. Okay. The pillars are the same, but there, there, there needs to be adjustments at times all depending on on the person and what their overall metabolic health may be and what what their if they have any autoimmune uh, issues you know it, it could be totally different so i don't get involved in the in into the medical aspect of it it's, not, it's out of my scope for sure and i tell them to hopefully you know follow up with their doctors if they do have whatever uh, metabolic issues that they do have, they need to be followed. I try to make that very clear, but I, I'm there to give people hope. I want people, nobody, this information that we have, nobody should have to be obese. Nobody should have to be, uh, you know, okay, we can overindulge at times, whatever, gain a few pounds, but to get to the point of obesity, we know what's driving it. Now we know it's out there. The material is out there. Uh, but again, I mean, that's another, we probably need another hour of, 
of 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 your time is you know addiction okay uh, it's it all comes down to uh it's a word that's not used often enough uh it's because uh, people get very insulted you got to be careful how you use the word while well, you may have a, you know an addiction issue i'll openly say it i'm not <laughs> it's addiction it was it was it's addiction it's just the reality but tell somebody you're addicted to them and oh, no 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 i'm not i'm not addicted well okay you know it's like you got to you have to be gentle about it you have to maybe not use the word addiction at times you can have to say a dependency or it's drawn or what have you we have to be gentle about it because some people really like take but at, in some cases it needs to be said because it's the only way that they're going to realize that they have a that they have a problem yeah no i agree i agree completely and and yeah it is important the way we communicate that message but but it is it is too bad that people need to suffer through the things that you suffered through in this you know day and age of all the information we have all the people that are are executing this and doing so well with it um it's just getting to those right people who are ready to hear that message part of that um, really includes kind of what we lost during the pandemic. One of the most disappointing things during the pandemic was getting refunded for all the low carbohydrate conferences that I had scheduled that I was so excited to go to. I was at uh, the low carb Denver in March of 2020, literally the weekend that everything was shutting down. And so even that conference was really different. You know, the attendance was dropping every single day until Sunday. It was like half the people had already left for home before everything got kind of shut down. And, and, you know, we went that time where you could do online courses, you could do virtual things and those were fine, but there is something really different when you're with the community in person and learning from people and meeting people and talking with people, you know, going to low carb uh, Salt Lake city this year in April was absolutely wonderful. It's amazing to meet other people in the workspace, the people that you follow and you respect. And I know that you have at least one on the calendar for next year. So can you tell us a little bit about your low carbohydrate conference and what people can expect if they end up making it there? Yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. I mean, it's been years that I've been, uh, following virtually a lot of these conferences. I've been, I've been an attendee on the virtual platform, but I've never had uh, the opportunity to go live and, uh, uh, Boca, uh, the, the metabolic, the symposium for metabolic health in Boca, January 13 to 15 is, uh, being held uh low carb formal well it's still low carb usa but they've just re rebranded it to the symposium of metabolic health through the society of metabolic health practitioners so really looking forward to meeting so many people there that i've gone to 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 uh to to develop relationships with uh be it on uh, social media or be it on other uh learning networks and uh, the day before, actually, the 12th, for those who can get in earlier to the conference, uh, there's going to be another special uh, um, uh, a, spe a special session given strictly on the topic on concentrating on food addiction. So that's an added bonus that's going to be given. So those who can get in early on the 12th, uh, that, that's an added bonus. Otherwise, the conference is running from the 13th to the 15th in Boca. 
I'd be uh, glad to see uh, so many people uh, like yourself. Maybe you can surprise me and show up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would absolutely love to. I would love to have a conversation with you after you get back. Maybe we could do part two. We could talk about addiction. We could talk about your experience at that conference um, and what it was like to meet all these people that you, you've been following. But I'm, I'm willing to bet money that you're going to return from that conference and think that all of these people are just as nice and as kind and as amazing in person when the camera's not on them when they're not recording that and just having conversations with you than they are when they're putting themselves out there. There was certainly the case. People like Cynthia Thurlow, Bronson Dant, Ben Azadi, like these guys are so nice. It's not a shtick. It's not what they put out on their podcast. They're actually really kind, loving, genuine people. And it's a joy to talk to them and, and, you know, really understand where they're coming from. And yeah, I'm so excited to hear from you and hear about your experience from that, from that show. Yeah, I, I, I fully agree. I, I mean, it's going to be my first show. Uh, I have no doubt of what you just said, because uh, I've heard from many uh, other people that exactly echo the same thing you said. You know, everybody seems to be very genuinely humble and down to earth yes. and still willing to. Uh, and this is what it's all about. You're going there to network and hopefully have some conversation and get to meet the, meet the people uh, closer. And I've heard nothing but good things. I've never heard somebody say about so-and-so is stuck up and they didn't want to talk. And everybody seems to be, you know, uh, not seems to be is humble and down to earth and willing to share. And so this is what kind of, this is, it's, it's these people. If I'll, I'll go ahead and call them the giants when those who are the doctors and the professionals and what have you, who who made the move to go into this uh, into this realm, and so if they're being so humble and gentle with us, why should we not be the same of, of extending it to other people that don't know anything about it yet, right? So it's 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 paying forward what we received from from them. That's the way I look at it, and uh, I I I I feel compelled to do it. I I just. Wouldn't feel right if I didn't, you know, it's, it's something that has to be done. Wow. I completely understand what an amazing way to end this conversation. Vic ba Basmagia, where do you want people to go to find you and connect with you and your work? Uh, you can find me. Um, uh, I'm, <laughs> I probably has my, it's my second address is on Twitter at <laughs> keto coach. Vic is the handle. Um, it, I make things simple. If you want to follow food ideas, you can follow me on Instagram under the exact same handle. It's Keto Coach Vic. Um, and uh, these are the main places where I'm active on. And then you can see me. Uh, uh, you can contact me. You can direct message me. I'll be glad to to to, to get back and, and answer and help in any way I can or just have some chit chat. That's great. We will make sure to link to all of that in the show notes. That your pictures of food, my friend, look so good. I have to say, if I if I had to come visit you in Montreal and eat what you eat, I would be a very very happy person. Vic, this has been an amazing conversation. I just I love your journey and having gone through the journey, turned around and being so passionate to share it and feel that calling and step up to the plate and be able to do that in any capacity. I just think is absolutely wonderful. So thank you so very much for everything you've gone through and thank you so much for taking the time to be on our show today. We really appreciate you absolute pleasure uh, anytime and uh thank you for giving me the opportunity thank you it was such an honor and this has been another episode of boundless body radio
As always, thank you so very much for listening to and supporting Boundless Body Radio. It has been such a joy to go on this journey now that it's been two years of doing these episodes and all the amazing conversations that we've had with thought leaders and to be able to share this message around the world with literally hundreds of thousands of people has been so amazing. If you haven't already, please go over to Apple, leave us a rating and review as it's the best way for the show to continue to grow and touch more lives of people out there. I am so excited to announce that we are launching the Boundless Body Radio Premium Podcast. This is something that I have been working really hard at for a very long time and something I am very proud of. Now that we have done over 300 episodes, our content can be a little bit overwhelming if you really want to learn about one particular topic and really zero in on that topic. So that is exactly what I have done. I have gone through all of our episodes, taken the very best clips all about one particular topic and put them into long form very informative and concise episodes called the Boundless Body Radio Premium Podcast. That can be found on our brand new Patreon page, which I'm really excited to announce as we have all kinds of different offers there and different tiers. We're including early releases of our show, Boundless Body Radio. We typically keep about 15 to 20 episodes scheduled at any given time. So we have options there where you can have early access to those. We are also offering group and one-on-one coaching and also access to these premium podcast episodes, the Balanced Body Radio Premium Podcast. We have three that are launching right now, and I will be making a new one every other week. And we believe that we are providing these for a very, very high value. So please check us out on Patreon, check the link in the notes to be able to get there. And thank you as always for listening to Boundless Body Radio.